0: Hi, and welcome to Little Brains, a journal club, a quick overview of the latest research in board games and how they affect us. Today, I'll be talking about a paper in the Journal of Microbiology and Biology Education entitled, From Board Games to Board Games, that's B-O-R-E-D Games to B-O-A-R-D Games, Student-Driven Game Design in the Virtual Classroom by Ashley Heim and Emily Holt from Cornell University and the University of Northern Colorado. In the previous episode, I spoke about how gameplay can be used as an instructional tool in the classroom. If you have already listened to that episode, and are back for more, you have my sincerest thanks. If you haven't heard it yet, I'd recommend waiting until I figure out how this whole podcasting thing works. Nonetheless, the authors cite several papers showing that using simple board games can help the learning process. Hyman Holt a few terms that we will explore. Constructionism. This is a learning theory in which students take what they already know, recognize where their gaps are, and discover new information to create a more complete mental model of the world. How this happens is often through project-based learning, which students are given a project that requires them to tackle a number of smaller problems which then gives them a chance to discover the information as they work towards a larger goal. Here, project-based learning is enmeshed with learning by design, which essentially is using a design challenge, in this case, a board game, as is a larger project. And all of this is wrapped up in game-based learning. The amount of pedagogical value packed into this package is honestly beautiful. This paper flips script and the authors are interested in how the act of students designing their own games may help them understand the material. This makes some intuitive sense. After all, creating a board game requires the ability to take the information, synthesize it into a coherent story, and then develop that into an abstract representation that can be played. This paper is focused on a board game project for undergraduate students for an introductory ecology course. In particular, this paper is exploring the efficacy of such an assignment for a virtual course. Students were given instructions in class, and expected to work on it out of class, and had five weeks to develop the game. Importantly, also, students were able to self-select into groups. Students are given a lot of independence on how and when they worked on the project, and how they completed the assignments. The learning objectives were one. Design a game for their peers based on an important ecological topic or concept from a specific unit or lesson in a creative manner. 2. Encourage critical thinking and discussion of ecological topics or concepts in their game. 3. Judge their peers on the quality of their games and how much they enjoyed playing their games. And 4. Prevent temporary boredom during COVID-19 self-isolation. More important than you may realize students were given a lot of freedom as to what their game could be about and how they would design the game and what materials to use. Although they were encouraged to make sure that the games were able to be played using either digital or simple materials that one can acquire at home. For example, paper and pens and uh, game pieces that you could use uh, from around the house. Also, the students were told not to make a simple trivia game because that'd be a little too easy and not really in the spirit of the assignment. This course previously well outlined the learning objectives for the entire course as well as individual units. Students were required to take a topic or unit from the last six weeks of the course and take two of those unit learning objectives to apply to a board game. In addition, students were required to research their topic and have five reliable sources in addition to their game itself. More importantly, The students were also required to make sure that their learning objectives and the topic were well aligned with the objectives of the game. Essentially, they wanna make sure that the game reflects the principles of which they're talking about. And finally, the games had to be fun. To help with the learning process, students would also self-evaluate each other. Students receive games from other groups and then would be given a rubric in which to judge how well the game Applies the principles, explains principles, and how fun and enjoyable that game is. Meanwhile, faculty were required to provide some light supplemental help and, in the case students need it, further instruction. In the end, each game was reviewed by at least one instructor and at least seven peers not in the group that made the game. The final assignment grade was then combined as an average of the student grades and the instructor's evaluation. In the end, the games that were made varied wildly. Some were more traditional roll and move monopoly style games, or shoots and ladders. Some were a uh, memory style game where you flip cards over and try to match animals to niches. In general, students found a variety of ways to solve this problem. In this study, they had 16 groups, each had either three or four students, and all students peer-reviewed at least one game. Most games lasted about 39 minutes. But did the students learn anything? Well, thankfully, the course had well-outlined learning objectives and were able to use that as a rubric for how well they were doing. Of course, this is not an experiment in which there is a placebo group and a test group, so we don't know how well the students would have done on a normal assignment. However, general satisfaction with the assignment was very high, and students seem to have learned quite a bit from it, so one can presume that this would be just as effective as another more well-tested project. So how could we improve this? Well, first of all, while students were given feedback from the instructors about how their game played and how it was applying their objectives, they were not able to iterate upon their designs. They received this assessment, and that was it. Having further test and re- design phases would improve the games and potentially increase learning for the students who are making the games as well as students who are playing the game. In addition, students could also be taught how design works, how they would take learning objectives and a game concept and help them create a alignment of the two. Students are not usually well-versed in that, and so uh, previous instruction on simple design theory would also help. This seemed to be an effective way to teach lessons while providing students with an assignment that they can enjoy and share with their friends, especially during a time in which that is very, very important. This was just a quick overview of Hyman Holtz. From board games to board games, student-driven game design in the virtual classroom. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to contact me at ludobrainspod at gmail.com. That's ludobrainspod at gmail.com. And thanks for listening.